Welcome to the Swim Swam Breakdown. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, we have got Swim Swam contributors, David Klossy and Yin Yin Lee. Guys, how's it going? You guys were both covering big meets this weekend. Uh, we're going to start with the U.S. Open. To me, the U.S. Open had had three standout studs. It was Katie Ledecky, Summer McIntosh, and Reagan Smith. There were a lot of good swims there, but those three swimmers were were kind of shown the brightest to me. I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, who will be the biggest star come World Championships this summer out of those three? Come on, I've got to say Summer McIntosh. She's on fire. Like She went 428 at an in-season meet, and I know that seems to be her style, but she's just getting better and better with every swim just going on this upper trajectory and even this is even taking in the consideration that she's gone through three different coaching changes this year from Ben Titley to Ryan Millet and now she's training full-time with Brent Arkey and she's just handled everything so well and just taking on so many different events and I think Ledecky and Smith are both going to be really good, but McIntosh is going to be turning heads the most next year, just building upon her performances this year and improving the most. And I see a lot of people talking and debating about who's going to be the next Phelps. And Marshawn, they're saying Marshawn, Milak, um, Popovich, but... and. Trust me, I hate when people compare swimmers of this generation to Phelps because our sport is not based on one swimmer. But I think Summer McIntosh is the closest thing we're getting to Phelps in this generation. And I just think it's so exciting seeing her swim all these events and not just her best events. She went a 207 and the 200 back. She's improving in her 200 breast and she's just becoming a really exciting all around talent. I think she's going to be the star of the world championships next year. Obviously all three of those women are incredible talents and they are going to be bringing in just a mountain of medals at the world championships. You have uh, Reagan Smith seems like she's acclimating really well to her new training environment. And that's awesome to see because when she's on, it's incredibly fun to watch. So I'm hoping that she has an incredible summer, summer Macintosh, you know, she's been throwing down just faster swim after faster swim. Just every time you seem like, okay, maybe she'll slow down. She doesn't. But at the end of the day, I'm going to have to go with tried and true Katie Ledecky. Yes, the recency bias in me really wants to go with Summer McIntosh. Like you said, she's been on fire lately. But to me, it comes down to the fact that I don't think at least this summer that Summer McIntosh is going to be able to get around Katie Ledecky in the 400 free. I think they're going to have a race. I think, you know, we just saw the US Open. Katie Ledecky won by eight one hundredths. So there's going to be a race, but I think Katie Ledecky is still going to beat her in the 400 free. And I think it's kind of hard to be the bigger star than someone else when they beat you in one of your head-to-head matchups, as well as the fact that, yes, Summer McIntosh is going to be going insanely fast in the 400 IM, but we're still going to have those classic Katie Ledecky finishes where she touches the wall and the camera has to kind of scooch back to get everyone else in frame. And that's I feel like it's that point, you know, kind of the Katie Ledecky effect where we're used to seeing her do these insane swims and win by these insane margins where we kind of go, oh, yeah, whatever. That's expected. And I feel like you kind of got to think about the impact it has where 
of the impact that that has where her winning by so much in her 800 free and her 1500 free that's going to have a lasting emphasis on her stardom all three are incredible but i think katie ledecky the veteran is going to have that biggest star power this summer i gotta i gotta go with reagan smith on this one and my theory Because I think the biggest star will be the one who breaks two world records at world championships this summer. I don't think Katie Ledecky will go two best times. Plus, she's got Ariane Titmus in the 400 free as well. So it's going to make it hard. I think she's a lock for gold and eight and 1500 world records, though. Eh. And if she only wins two gold individual gold medals, I don't think that puts her at the top. Summer McIntosh, tuna fly world record. I don't think so. 400 IM world record? Maybe. But that's, I mean, Katinka's record is stout. Anything else? I don't really see it quite yet for her. Not that she can't in the future, but this summer, it's a little early for that. Reagan Smith goes the best time in the 100 back, goes the best time in the 200 back. And she was 57.9, 205 low this weekend. That, That puts her in a really good position to have a successful world championships. If she wins double gold in both backstrokes and breaks world records in both of them, I think that vaults her over the top of Summer and Katie. Even if one of them does end up winning three gold medals, I think two golds and two world records would be the bigger deal for world championships. I mean, we can't say Reagan is going to break two world records when we haven't even seen her make an international team in the 200 back yet like she's still her time well, I mean, from US she did open, in 2019 yeah but when she her broke time the from the u.s open is still slower than what ryan white went to finish second at trials and i'm not i'm not saying she's not and her best time make, I'm, I'm not is gonna, almost I'm two not seconds faster than that she's not gonna make the team but i need to see her make the team first because she hasn't done that in two years and I, I'm not trusting the results of one meet to show that Reagan is all of a sudden going to improve because you never know. You could burn out. You could The pressure could get to you. And that seems to be a problem that she's had in the past. And if she proves herself at trials, then yes, I can see her doing that. But just her track history at her recent meets, just not being able to do it when it counts. I don't think I I need to wait and see to make any conclusion on if she's going to break any world records or not. And that's not being a hater, but I would say I need more evidence. Yeah, David, go. I would say that Reagan Smith is the most volatile of the three options. Mm -hmm. If it is a, you know, reinvented Reagan Smith, really adjusting a new training atmosphere. And that's what it took to get to, you know, 2019 Reagan Smith and then advance beyond that. It might be the clearest, this was the obvious star for the pick. But if that doesn't happen, then it's, she's either be first or third, I feel like. It's, you know, it's either all upside or no upside. And so I think it's a, it's a risky pick. Let's see how it plays out for you. Yeah. And I think improving your mental game and being able to swim fast at the right moment, that's definitely something she struggled with in the past and something we've seen other athletes struggle with in the past as well. If you look at Carson Foster and you look at Gretchen Walsh, their development in overcoming these struggles took 
a lot of meets. Carson Foster didn't get it right right after the Olympic trials. He went through NCAAs and he had some mishaps at NCAAs and he finally was able to get it done at U.S. trials. And the same with Gretchen Walsh. She had to wear a practice. She even had to wear a practice suit. And I just don't think Reagan Smith's going to solve that problem just from one U.S. open meet or just from one training trip. It's going to take a lot of time to develop and I need to see her swim at more meets to make a conclusion on whether she's gotten better at that. And so in 2020, coming coming out of the COVID year, 2021, Reagan missed the team in the tuner back. She made it in two other events and won medals in both those events. Yeah, the but she was the year, heavy favorite to win gold and she didn't. Sure. Okay. The next year, new training location, brand new training environment, uh, which we now know she didn't didn't totally jive with because she left uh world title in the hunter backstroke gold medal in the Florida medley relay um and now she's put up times that i i think she swam about the same thing in the turner back at trials last year in december I mean, give her the benefit of the doubt that she's on the trajectory, right? Her her mental game or her maybe her physically physical training game is getting to a place where she can go she can go best times again or get close to her best times. I mean, if she goes 204, she makes the team. And she just went 205 2 in my in my book, 204 makes the team. So that that is a that's a that's a Good sign to me for Reagan Smith. <clears throat> Next up, we we also had another great meet in the Minnesota Invite. I'm curious what team stood out most to you at the Minnesota Invite because the, there was a lot of good individual performances, but we th- there were some team takeaways as well, especially at the top with Cal in Texas. Okay, I'm going to go with the Texas woman just based on where other teams are at in the season they stood out to me the most because their relays were incredible i was writing a preview for um their 800 free relay and their 200 medley relay and i was i remember being unsure of whether texas or cal would win because they were pretty close to each other at ncaa's and texas just dominated almost all the relays they were they broke a big 12 record in the 400 medley relay they were three tenths off their ncaa's time in the 400 free relay and i just think that's a really good sign because relays because of their lack of sprinters relays are personally i think relays are texas's biggest weakness and to be right on their ncaa's times at this point in the year is really good. They were not even top eight in the 400 free relay last year, and they're third in the nation right now behind Stanford and Virginia. And I think that's really good. And along with their relays, just some of the developments of their individual sprinters, you see Grace Cooper breaking 22 for the first time in the 50 free, Bridget Semenuk, Kyla Liebel, they're both, they both went 22 low. I think they can potentially go 21 around NCAs. And I just think bridging, building, filling in that hole 
of one of their team weaknesses is a really good sign. And obviously, aside from that, their stars also perform really well. Kelly Pash went a best time in the 200 fly. Lady DeChobe dropped over a second. So her training at Texas go seems to be going really well. And Lentz doing really well. And overall, they just had a really strong me. And I think compared to where they were at NCAAs last year, I think they this could mean they have a lot more in store for NCAAs, and it was just really impressive to me. I am going to go with the Cal men. First of all, you got to remember, just before going in this meet, it was talk about, you know, who's going to win? Uh, Texas men are going to get Cal men on their depth. Cal men must have really been not liking that talk because they proved a lot of the what seemed to be the common consensus wrong, and they had a lot of really good standout performances. Dustin, Dustin Lasker looked really good. Better when he was in the A final than the B final, but still going to 139.0 with clean water on either side. I think that was the true tactic there. It's basically time trialing at that point. Uh, Dare Rose looked really good in the 100 and 200 fly. Whitley was looking really good. Managed to tie with Max McHugh, which is entertaining because those two are kind of these titans of fifth year breaststrokers right now and watching them go head to head and then tie was awesome. And then they topped it off really well with a top time in the 400 medley relay by just over a second which is looking really good they're looking pretty good all around their their stars were looking pretty nice for this point in the season and then top it up with some really good medley relay performances they also um were second this year i think it's two 100s behind florida so and all around just relays in general looking pretty sharp and they're looking really well-rounded for this point of the season so i'm going for california men Okay, while I do agree that the Cal men performed really well, you have to keep in mind that Texas was missing a lot of their top swimmers. Carson Foster only swam in one final and was only on the day one relays, and David Johnston was only in one final. Casper Corbeau just wasn't even there, and they make up a lot of points, and I still think Cal would have won, but... Texas just missing a lot of their best swimmers. I think if Carson and Johnston and Corbeau were there, they would have gone at least 100 more points just based off of relay success, and it would have been a much closer meet. But th- that's just something to keep in mind. I do agree it would have been closer, but I'm also considering how much Texas won by last year. So even if they even if they tied, I would still say Cal looks slightly better just because a lot of it was comparing the results to last year because that, you know, they took a huge chunk out of the lead even managed to reverse it i do agree though it would have been a lot closer and there would have been a lot more fun and exciting races obviously i get why they weren't there but mm-hmm. i do think that i still am giving the edge to the cowmen i do have to bring up that last week on the breakdown Braden gave me crap because i said the cowmen were gonna win <laughs> and he was like coleman texas won last year by over 400 points how are they gonna bridge that gap well obviously the answer is no Carson Foster, Casper Corboro, Casper Corbo, or David Johnson. I was I was going to ask, do you think if they if Texas would have had a full team, could they have bridged the gap, which was 280 points, by the way, this year? Uh, the Cal beat Cal beat Calman beat Texas by 280. I think it would have been close. I mean, because mm-hmm. the relays, again, it's it's only well, it's 40 points per relay. But I think, do I think? Texas would beat Cal in any of the relays? Maybe not, but I think there's at least one relay where Cal got first and second. Uh, 
but I think it would have been uh, obviously much closer, but um, it's kind of too close to say whether Texas could have bridged that gap even at full strength. And I think that bodes really well for the Cowmen heading into NCAAs. Yeah, I guess you could say that the Cowmen impressed because of the I told you so factor. Like everyone <laughs> was saying, te- Texas is going to win because of their depth. But for me, it was just Cal's the defending champion. They're going to be good. But the Texas women were more of a surprise to me about how how they did, which is why I said them. But yeah, I get the I told you so factor. NCAA swimming is all about the I told you so factor. Yeah. <laughs> So moving on from from NCAA swimming, looking ahead, we've got a couple very, uh, very exciting swim meets coming up this week. We have got winter junior championships East and West. We've got, it is a star studded field heading to both meets in Greensboro for East and Austin, Texas for West. Which one do you think will be the more exciting meet East or West? So I think East has the top stars on both the girls and boys sides of the meet because East has Summer McIntosh and West and um Scotty Buff and Thomas Howman. But I think West overall, there's there's just a lot more talent spread out because you've got the Sandpipers. Those are three of the best junior swimmers in the country and maybe even of this generation. You've got Maximus Williamson on the boys' side. Um, You've got Haley Tierney, who's coming off a really good um, Wisconsin States meet. Um, Lydia Jacoby's going to be there. Rex Maurer's going to be there. Diggory Dillingham. I just think there's a lot more talent spread out across all events, whereas the East meet is going to be just some of the biggest stars. But I think both meets are going to be great. Juniors is always really exciting. I agree with your analysis, except for the point. I feel like now we're flipping gears from the beginning of this episode. I feel like you're not putting quite enough stock into the summer Macintosh factor because, yes, there are more top stars at East and you have a bit more spread out talent at West. You can argue about what's more interesting, a couple really fast swims or a bunch of close races all throughout. But I think the most interesting thing about summer Macintosh in particular is that we have not seen really any high level yard swimming from her and so that would be really interesting to see how this you know incredible long course meters short course meter swimmer translates in kind of coming over to the smallest pool possible short of busting out a hot tub and it's really fun to kind of see that that unknown factor i feel like is going to give it this you know this extra little interest and excitement the fact that what can she do because if you know the sandpipers you know that's definitely going to be a big wow factor at west but for the most part we know you know we know what they've been at before we can expect you know some drops in these events it's like oh wow you know like you kind of thinking about more in their time drops and their trajectory and stuff like that it kind of takes a bit more of a massive jaw-dropping swim all around from all those different stars rather than watching this you know hardened international level swimmer that we haven't seen compete in this format as well as i'm also interested to see how um daniel deal who just came off of breaking the 1718 national age group record in the 100 back um in the u.s open i'm really interested to see if he fires off some really fast uh 
hundred yard backstrokes. Uh, but I do think the number one thing for me is Summer Macintosh. Obviously, I'm excited about Summer Macintosh competing, but not gonna lie, her not swimming the 400 IM is kind of a mood killer. I wanted to see her and Katie Grimes go at it in yards, but unfortunately, that is not happening because she's not swimming the event. But when you think about it, Katie, what's more exciting to you? Katie Grimes plus Bella Sims plus Claire Weinstein versus one Summer Macintosh. What do you think is more exciting? Because I'm going with the former. Because another thing you have to consider is that a lot of these swims and yards are important context for college recruiting and NCA swimming. And we know that Summer McIntosh is not going to be swimming in college. So it's like she's just there for fun. But Katie Grimes and Claire Weinstein, they still could potentially be recruited. Bella Sims is going to Florida. When you look at their swims, for example, if you see Bella Sims swim a 500 free, that's really fast. You could be like, oh, that's really good for Florida. That's really good for the future of these NCAA teams. But with Summer McIntosh, she's good, but you it's almost like a feeling of disappointment. Oh, she's good, but you're never going to see her in the top yards competitions because she's not swimming in college. And that's a mood killer for me. Do we know for a fact she's not swimming in college? I don't think she's allowed to because she swim in ISL. That makes sense. Uh, I am curious, though, if Summer McIntosh were to swim the 400 IM yards this weekend, what would she go? Yards isn't also her best specialty because her turns aren't that great compared to her top competitors. But I think yeah. so. Her turns know, are obviously she went 352 she in the 400 free short course. Okay, not that her turns aren't great, but her long course is better than her short course. All right, so so what do you what do you think? Would she break four minutes? I think yeah, I think yes. she's breaking four minutes, but I don't think Alex Alex Walsh be. went 357 to win NCs last year. Would she go faster than that? I think I would say yes. Could yeah, I think she could. I, I don't I know if she's gonna break Ella Easton's record, but I think she could go faster than Alex Walsh. I but, think I just to because I was talking smack on her not being able to beat Katie Ledecky this summer. She's gonna she would have gone a three fifty six fifty two going one one hundred faster than Katie Ledecky ever went in the four hundred IM. <laughs> making up for what you said before. <laughs> I think she would go 356. I like I think that's a that's a solid estimate. So, we're on the same page there. After juniors, which w- should be an exciting weekend, we get right into more short course with World Short Course Championships in Melbourne, Australia. So, narrow it down to one race. What is the race of the meet that you're looking forward to most? I'm a little biased with this because I love the women's 400 IM, 200 200 IM in general, but I'm going to go with the women's 200 IM because there's just so many top contenders in that race. You've got the defending long course world championship, short course yards record holder, Alex Walsh. You've got Kate Douglas, who's a really good 200 IMer, and she's swimming in her first 200 IM in a year since last year's short course world so i'm excited to see what she can throw down 
Kaylee McEwen is swimming it. She's the second fastest performer of all time. Sydney Pickram is the defending world champion. Yu Yi Ting is also swimming it. I believe she was the silver medalist. And it's just such a stacked race. And I'm going to say Walsh is the favorite to win, but I really don't know who's going to win that race. It could go so many different ways. And I'm just really excited to see how it pans out. I'm so glad we added Kate Douglas. Yeah. I really thought she was done with that event, but apparently she's not. We need her to not be. Yeah. She's too good at it. Uh, All right, David, give give it to us. It, it was a little hard for me to narrow this one down. I initially, when I was first trying to think about this, I was thinking in the uh, the men's 100 and 200 freestyles, just because, you know, seeing, you know, especially in the men's 100 free, like, can Kyle Chalmers, you know, can he break his world record? Can he get that first world title they've been looking for? And then in both those events, you also have the, the wild card that is David Popovich, because anytime he touches the water, it's a fun time to watch and i also i i was looking at the women's 200 i am i think that is a uh pretty strong choice i'm gonna go in a very similar direction with the men's 200 i am just because i think that is for a lot of similar reasons i think that that field is very very loaded and i think it's going to produce a potentially really exciting race you have you know you have shane casas you have diaceto you have carson foster and you have matt sates in there and that's just i think the either of the 200 ims is a really good choice because i think especially in short course the 200 im is incredibly exciting race it's already incredibly exciting at long course just because you know it's four fifties that are have the potential for lead changes every single time and then once you add the turns in there for each one i think it just creates this really electric race and this really fun dynamic to watch unfold so i think i think 200 ims are always incredibly fun to watch and i think whether men's or women's i think both the 200 ims are gonna be incredibly fun to watch at this meet i'm with you guys i'm excited to watch them but the race with the most excitement for me is that men's hunter freestyle just because that is the it feels like there's a lot on the line there right again Kyle has stated, I want to win a short course world uh, title. It is a home games for him <clears throat> or home championships for him. My, my mistake. David Popovich is, is the young up and comer. He hasn't shown it that he, he is uh, there with Kyle in short course yet, but this is the perfect time to show it. Um, and then you've got dark horses like Maxime Grissette, who has performed very well on the international stage and long course. I think he's probably got some really good speed in short course as well. So you could have some dark horses getting into the mix there, but I mean, Pavovich versus Chalmers, you know, that, that is going to be a really exciting race for me. And again, that's going to kind of, to me, be more of a legacy swim of like, can Kyle secure that world title or is David going to continue his reign of dominance in that event? I think the one thing that turned me off of the the men's hundred free was because I was kind of going back and forth with that is I feel like it has a lot of potential, but just because of how volatile of an event that can be, it also has the biggest potential to kind of flop, if that makes sense. Not saying that the results are going to be disappointing in any way, but just when you have, you know, things like, you know, if you immediately go to, oh, David Popovich, he's going to be like, it's going to be neck and neck with him and Chalmers. But if, you know, whether or not that his short course swimming isn't going to be able to hold up to that. And he's going to be like in an outside lane, just, you know, like 
going really fast, but not quite as fast as maybe you initially envisioned in your head based off of the summer. Or if, you know, you went anytime you have the world record holder in an event who, you know, seem to be firing all cylinders and then they don't go a world record. It's like, oh, come on. Like, obviously, it's a little ridiculous to immediately go that. But you kind of had that initial reaction when you look at it. And I just feel like it has all this perfect buildup. But with that volatile event, it has this potential to possibly falter compared to uh, what I wound up going with in the IMs. Is that since that one, I'm putting more of my excitement in that in the racing itself. They could all go two double O, and if it's an exciting race, I don't really care. To that would make headlines. That, <laughs> that definitely would. To me, it's more of the fact that people keep hyping up this. Popovich versus Chalmers race, but really on paper, when you look at the statistic, when you look at their abilities in short course, Chalmers just seems like a really heavy favorite, and Popovich is a bit overhyped. I'm I'm not saying he's overhyped in general, but just in this race specifically, it seems like Chalmers is the clear favorite and Popovich might be in contention for a minor medal. Well, I think that's what makes it so exciting is that Popovich has this huge upward trajectory and Kyle does not. <laughs> Kyle is exceedingly consistent. He, you know, he is the world record holder and he could very well get under that time, right? But it's not like he's going to drop a second. Popovich could drop two seconds like we don't know because he did that one summer <laughs> like a year or two ago right it's like it's just we don't know what his potential is on paper you're right Popovich might get a minor medal but he also might go 45-2 in prelims and then everyone's like oh what's, what's he gonna, what's he gonna do and then it becomes, you know, really exciting, um, just like he did at World Champs. That will do it for our news this week. And now it is time to play Sink or Swim. First up today on Sink or Swim, we've talked a lot about Summer McIntosh, and we're going to continue talking about her. Uh, Braden Keith, our editor-in-chief, put out a fun article about an 800 IM add-up and the best female swimmers of all time when you add up their 200 long course strokes all four back breast fly free summer mcintosh was third all time on that list behind katinka hozu and ishi win will summer have the fastest add up 800 im all time by the end of summer 2023 i'm gonna swim it because as i said before mcintosh is on this big upward trajectory of improving and right now katinka hozu has about 2.5 seconds on her and i think that 2.5 seconds can be easily made up just from her swimming a 200 breast maybe at a canadian trials prep meet because she's obviously not very experienced in the 200 breasts but she's gonna continue to train it because it's important for her ims and she could pop a 227 228 200 breasts just at a random meet and bam she's number one and in the 200 back she's gonna keep on improving that as well and she could go at best time in the 200 fly or the 200 free at worlds and 
she just has so much upward momentum and there's just so many opportunities for her to drop time. So I think she's going to get it by the end of 2023. Going to that point about her 200 breast is the, the difference between the two of them is, you know, two and a half seconds and the difference in their 200 breaststroke alone is 1.8 seconds. So even if she just went fast enough to exactly match Katinka, she's taken most of the gap away. Uh, I'm also going to swim it just because I believe combination of, you know, if she just throws a 200 breast out at any point, that would do it. And I don't think that's too ridiculous because that's not an uncommon training event for 400 IMers. It's not like it would require her to be specifically thinking about that article and going, well, I want to be number one. It's not like it's entirely out of the question that is something she would do um you know it's not like a big leap that she would throw out uh, 200 breasts as well as just natural improvements in the events she does regularly swim like the 200 fly and 200 free that'll all slowly chip away any benefit that a you know an improved 200 breast might not get her so i'm gonna swim it just because i see a fairly clear and not entirely outlandish path towards that i'm swimming it also a I think Summer McIntosh should be shooting for this record because this is a legacy. <laughs> and B, uh, yeah, we saw her go 207-1 in the tuner back this weekend, which is ridiculous. Uh, and then she also went her best time 230.8 in tuner breast this weekend. So it's like if she continues to go to pro swims and swim events like the 200s, um, during the season, I don't see any reason why she couldn't lower those times. I doubt she focused too much on this meet, you know, maybe a day or two of rest, maybe a drop taper. I don't know. Maybe she was fully rested, but it doesn't really seem like it. But I think also at world champs, she'll probably swim to fly. She might lead off the relay of the two free. Um, and you know, she's, she's been on a huge upward trajectory, so could go best times in those, but I'm with you guys. I think the key is that two back and two breast in season drops, baby. To me, the biggest takeaway from this article was I was shocked that Yishu Wen had a 222 best time in the 200 breast. I remember watching her 400 IM in London. She didn't even do pullouts in her breaststroke, and she goes 222. That uh, Yeah, 222 is really impressive any way you slice the bread, especially for someone who is good at all four strokes. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised. Like it makes sense because this list is just full of 400 IMers, right? Yeah, which is what you would expect, but it's also kind of like, oh, like Reagan Smith's not on this list, like uh, Haley Flickener's not on this list, you know, it's like people who have like really good three 200s <laughs> but are just missing that fourth, who you know are probably like 240 or 250 in the tuner stroke. <laughs> um. So just, yeah, it accentuates you have to be well-rounded and Yishi Win is certainly that. Next up on Sink or Swim, we have a few undefeated athletes uh, after mid-season. <clears throat> I'm curious who you think is most likely to stay undefeated through the conference season, not through NCAAs, but, but through conference meets between Gretchen Walsh, Leanne Marchand, and Maggie McNeil. I'm going to go with Maggie McNeil on this one. If it was NCAAs, I would have said Leon Marchand because women's sprinting is just so competitive. But when you're looking at um, the schedules of these swimmers until NCAAs, I think Maggie McNeil has the easiest schedule. LSU is swimming against 
Texas A&M and Florida State, and neither team has particularly strong sprinters. So assuming she doesn't swim any off events, I think she can be undefeated. And even at SECs, there aren't any sprinters that are on her level, whereas Gretchen Walsh will have to deal with Kate Douglas even in dual meets. And Leon Marchand is racing a lot of strong teams like Stanford and Cal. But Maggie McNeil, just because of strength of schedule and strength of competition, she definitely has the easiest path towards being undefeated until NCAAs. I'm also going with Maggie McNeil, just because, like you mentioned, Gretchen Walsh is, you know, she's always going to have Kate Douglas very nearby in <laughs> at least the 50. And also, you know, Virginia, we see that they, you know, swim what you think is fun. You know, they, it's, I could also see her being more likely to try out another event at some point. That's normally what torpedoes an undefeated season for, you know, that's the reason why we have so few up until this point is because they swam. Oh, they swam at the 200 back one time or something like that. Um, and I think that. Megan McNeil so far seems less likely to swim those off events as the the reason why I'm not going with Leanne Marchand. I could see because he's so highly versatile, I could see him potentially swimming a an off event at one point, you know, even the 100 free or something because he has a a really good 100 free and you could see, oh, you know, if we're using on relays and stuff, like we might want to throw you in this in a dual meet and then you get beat by a teammate or something like that. I think Megan McNeil has the the least threat of teammates there and also seems to be the least likely and definitely much less likely than Marshawn to deviate from her core lineup that she's been consistently winning. She swam the 200 back twice this year at dual meets and won both times, which I thought was impressive. But the 200 or the 100? No, the 200 back. She went 156 twice, but uh, against not very good teams, but still. You guys' logic is sound. I just, I'm just going with Leon. (laughs) He's having a crazy season. And I don't think it, no matter what he swims, I just do not think he's going to lose. He's been so good in season that I don't think dual meets are going to do it. We saw him just completely crush mid season. Every dual meet he's done so far in is last year. I think he's going to roll through conference just fine. Whereas Maggie McNeil gets a little SEC is pretty deep. I'm not saying I think she will get defeated, but I just really don't think Leon is is going to lose a race through conference. He lost to Grant House in the 100 free at an inter-squad. We just didn't count it because it was an inter-squad. So it could happen I, again. And that's Well, <laughs> it could happen again at an inter-squad, which we won't count. <laughs> Reagan Smith went a best time already, yin-yin, in the 200 <laughs> IM. Okay. <laughs> 210. Uh... <laughs> so we had to put out an article asking the question of his of, his, of if Reagan Smith would make an international team in the 200 IM. So I'm posing the question to you. Do you think that if Reagan Smith swims the 200 IM at World Championship Trials in June, she would make the team? I do not think she's going to make the world's team in the 200 IM if you swim it. First of all, I don't think she's going to focus on the 200 IM in the first place because it conflicts with the um 200 back at the Olympics and it's going to conflict with the 200 back at world 
um, Olympic trials. What if she and uses even, this year as a training year? <laughs> and even if she decides to swim in, the field is just too competitive because there's Alex Walsh, who's does not have a weak stroke. She's constantly improving. Leah Hayes is on that upward trajectory. And Tori Husk, she said she's been training more I am recently, and I think she could maybe take up that event, and she's already faster than Reagan. And I just don't, just between, oh, and Kate Douglas, just between those four swimmers, I don't see Reagan beating out three of them to get a spot. Her breaststroke is just too far behind the rest of them. Like, she's three seconds slower than Summer McIntosh on breaststroke. And Summer McIntosh, her breaststroke is already her weakest stroke by a large margin. And there's just too much to make up there. And I really don't see why she would focus on that event when the 200 back is right there. So I'm going to say it. Do you think Kate Douglas will swim the 200 IM international, like, uh, long course again? I mean, to me, the thing with Kate Douglas is that she's good at so many events, but she's not a lock to make the team in any of them because the sprints are so competitive. And in the 200 breasts, you've got Annie Laser. And I think she's going to have to come to a point in her career where she needs to focus on maybe one or two events and try to be the best at those two because ultimately she she's obviously versatile enough to play this game but she's playing a game where she's experimenting with all these events and she's getting i don't want to say she's getting really lucky because she's good at the events but she's winning so many races by such a close margin and at one point it's just not going to be enough and i think she needs to focus in on one or two events and i could see that being the 200 im and 200 breast but i don't know i hope she continues to swim 200 im but it's ultimately up to her I think going back to Reagan, um, that if you kind of look, obviously her breaststroke was the weak point in her IM, otherwise incredible, you know, incredible at three strokes. Mm-hmm. And if I had to make an assumption about that, I would assume that that breaststroke is not something that she ever really focuses on. That was probably just her natural, just talent going and doing what it can do in the breaststroke because what reason would she have to really focus on it outside of you know the occasional like you know when it like a set is do your worst stroke for the 50 or 100 or something like that if she so if as is if she entered the 200 im i don't see her making the team in it so that would require if she does decide to you know i'm going all in on the 200 im Am I going or halfway in on the 200 I am at least? Am I, I'm going to start training breaststroke a couple days a week. I'm going to focus on it more. Would that then give her the ability to make the 200 I am? I'm still going to sink it. I don't think it's by, you know, as black and white, but I think it then brings her right up on the bubble because now you're getting, it's not like it's a weak event is the issue. It's not like there is an obvious hole that can be filled where, oh, if you just improve your breaststroke, you can just slot right in there. It's if you improve your breaststroke, now you get to compete for a spot, which is already difficult enough Mm because, you know, Alex Walsh, I don't think she's really in danger being unseated. And then like you mentioned, Leah Hayes is a pretty strong number two seems to be improving as well and then there's all all you know the kate douglas potential to return in there and then just it's 
a little too strong of an event. It's not like there's this obvious hole that, oh, if I just fix this up, then I can, you know, grab another event, another metal potential, stuff like that. And I also don't really see a reason for her to possibly change her training to add in more breaststroke and prove that I am to maybe make the team in that event. So I'm going to sink it. I got to swim it. <clears throat> if she swam it at trials, that would indicate that it's some kind of focus for her. And that would mean that she would improve her technique in breaststroke because it's not like she needs a bigger aerobic base. It's not like she needs to train more. It's just, it's just making her breaststroke more efficient. And if she dropped a second and a half in her breaststroke split, which is not unreasonable, she's 2086. And Leah Hayes' world junior record that she won a bronze medal with is 2089. So yeah, I th- just because her breaststroke improves doesn't mean she's going to be equally as fast on all the other strokes than she was when she had a bad breaststroke. You see Summer McIntosh, she pushed the breast the backstroke leg of her 200 400 IM at worlds too hard and her breaststroke wasn't as good. You've got to consider all those factors balancing every stroke out. Well, that's what I'm saying though. It's not like she's pushing the breaststroke harder. I'm saying she's working to make her breaststroke more efficient, which could make her freestyle faster. I mean, if she's if she hits the 150 wall with more momentum, uh, then 40 second breaststroke split, her freestyle could be half a second faster. I mean, that could make the whole thing faster. It's not like she has to go out for the first hundred any faster than she did in Greensboro. And again, it's not like she, what I'm saying is she's not training to swim harder on the breaststroke. She's training to swim smarter. So sure. I'm Yeah, it could be a terrible race, but I'm saying if she swam it, at trials, swim. I think she would make the team. I think the reason why I'm leaning sink is because there's kind of there's the two paths, right? One is that she doesn't focus on it and you know still decides to enter it. I think that is obvious sink. I think if she does focus on it, that then brings her, she has the potential to race for it, but you still need to race for, you know, most likely racing Leah Hayes for that second spot behind Alex Walsh. And I think that that isn't necessarily it gives her she has that opportunity to there but i don't think that it's you know a very clear yes and so if you say that that's you know 50 50 i'd still overall i'd say it's like a 25 percent chance she makes that makes sense you have two pass and then one is 50 percent. it makes sense in my head <laughs> but um looking at what it took to make the team uh last year uh leah hayes was second in 20999 and then she obviously has gotten faster since then. So I that at two, uh, you know, just that dipping under two tenths. Yeah, just dipping under two ten isn't going to uh, make that uh, isn't going to make that team next year. I don't think because Lee has obviously got faster not that long after at the World Championships, and I think she is going to continue getting faster. And so I think that that is the obstacle that a hypothetical Reagan Smith 200 IM would have to contend with. Yeah, obviously, if she, like, seriously trains for the event, it's a different story than... Trials, again, 
that's the thing. I don't think she has to train that much harder. I think she just has to fix her breaststroke. Like we, we know she's training hard with Bob. She's doing chase Kalish sets with chase Kalish. Like she is doing, I am training, which is probably a big reason why she went that two ten. why she even swam the 200 I am in the first place. But I like, again, I, it's, it's more of a technique thing, I think, because she's getting the base. She's getting the endurance for that two back for that two fly trials are also weird meets, right? Everyone's nervous. Everyone's on edge. The times are a little bit slower and Reagan has been to several trials meets. And I think she's just getting better and better at them as she moves through her career. Hopefully this one, especially under a coach that she feels, you know, comfortable and confident with, uh, we'll see her make that two back. And again, I'm just saying if she swims it, she, it, it will come it being the 200 IM qualification last, but not least <clears throat> on sink or swim today, two-time Olympic medalist Federica Berdiso will no longer compete for Northwestern as reported by swim swim today, sink or swim. We will see Federico resurface in the NCAA. I'm going to sink it. Obviously, the whole situation with Berdiso and Northwestern seems very complicated, but he was always a better long course swimmer than short course swimmer. He's an Olympic medalist, and yet he has not scored a single point at NCAAs. He's not even the school record holder in the 200 fly. And I could see him maybe training at a program in the U.S. because he went to college there, but definitely the focus is going to be on long course, and I don't really see the value in him swimming NCAA swim anymore, and he's a senior anyway, and I don't know if there's going to be a program that's going to take up a fifth year who doesn't have much NCAA points value. It's not good for him, it's not good for the program, and yeah, I just don't really see a reason why he would swim NCA. Yeah, I think that he basically doesn't have a need to swim NCAA. Like he's already it achieved, you know, very high levels of success in long course, you know, being an Olympic medalist. And I don't think, you know, if the it's not like he's gonna want to I at least from my perspective, I don't see him wanting to resurface on another program that to really develop his yard swimming and to win an NCAA title. I just don't see that being on the radar for someone who's already achieved that level of success in the sport. So you're going to want to focus on long course. That's what you're good at. You know, I could see the kind of what similar to what Hunter Armstrong did, where he's like, you know, I've achieved long course success. I, I'm not as good at short course i don't want to do short course if it's if i'm focusing on long course i'm just going to pull the plug on that i could see kind of a similar approach where it's like why waste you know half my season focusing on this other course that isn't going to win me more major international medals that isn't going to continue to push the boundaries of what i'm already really good at so i don't really see a lot of motivation for him to want to resurface in the ncaa so I'm going to sink it. Yeah, I'm going to sink it as well. I just don't really see it. I think a lot of programs might give him offers. I mean, I do think he has a lot of value to bring to a team. He's a really good swimmer and, you know, under the right program, he might flourish, but the circumstances are he is a senior. He's, you know, 
it seems like he is more focused on long course. Like what motivation would there be for him to either swim a semester or maybe just another year uh, when you're already, he's already going to have to find a new program and the Olympics are a year and a half away. So it's like, do you really want to focus on yards training if his goal is the Olympics, which it seems like it probably is. That does it for today's Swim Swam Breakdown. Tune in every week for your week's news in swimming.